the book, that's a kind of a, an explanation teaser on how we move from a centralized mind, that hamster wheel that we've been talking about, into observing the centralized mind, which is decentralized mind. So anyone, if they wanted to, they immediately start doing that and you're starting to change yourself. It's there for everyone. It's their own. It's like their own property. Welcome back to the Freedom Footprint Show with Knut Svanholm and me, Luke the Pseudofin. And we're here today with Rob Brinded, author of Mind Decentralized and actually one of our very first guests. Great to see you again, Rob. Welcome back to the Freedom Footprint Show. Thanks for having me, guys. Look, uh, looking forward to this. Yeah. Hi, Rob. Uh, good to see you again. I've got your book right here, uh, Mind Decentralized. We were thinking here before before we started the show, though, when are you going to write the follow-up, Penis Decentralized? But uh, Penis Decentralized. I, I did hear that right, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was going to say something about the size of my book. Um, it, it, it looks bigger in, um, in the dark, so... But the book's is quite talking small, about it, your book or yeah, something I'm else? Yeah, I'm talking about my book. Uh, the book is a uh, is a taster, so it's um, like a, a first edition. I'm I'll be working on a much more expanded version of it, so it's going to get bigger. Yes, and you're still talking. <laughs> you're still talking about the book, I guess. Yes. A- exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just to avoid any confusion here. It's true. Uh, mind decentralized is about how your your own brain is your biggest enemy, basically. And uh, to uh, yeah, to how how to how to rid yourself of your brain is maybe maybe that's a bit far fetched. But how to how to get to know your brain and how to reprogram yourself, right? Right. The, the, the thing at the end that you just said, how to reprogram yourself is, is central to my work is, it, it's always been central to my work about, uh, getting people to be their own authority. So, uh, as Bitcoiners, you know, it's all about uh, self authority. And also with, um, we're all humans walking around with this software, software like computers inside of us. And people don't know how they don't have a manual. And there are different versions of manuals, let's say religions and different things to try and guide people. But I, I spent getting on to three decades now working with that internal operating system. And then I want to, with my work is to show people how to be able to access their operating system. You know, they wake up in the morning, they can instantly look uh, and see, you know, how am I feeling is uh, similar to going onto your computer and looking at the operating system and seeing what's spiking and then being able to shut it down, you know, programs that are running that are not necessary. So yeah, coming back to what you said about the brain, the, the way I look at my internal environment is like the mind is this thing that I can observe that just throwing up words and chatter. And when the, I think uh, the way I see it, that affects our brain. So there can be, you know, I just like to say that the, the mind, this, when you start to really observe your mind and not get caught in it and just watch it, you'll see that there are similar themes that are constantly being thrown up. And then when you look at those themes, there's a certain pattern to the words that are being used. And so I've been, I've been observing my, that conditioned mind for many years. And it's, it can be broken down to be working like a hamster wheel. I, I'm 
is it okay i just going into the hamster wheel or sure sure go ahead yeah so you you said this seems to be something wrong with it yes the 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 problem that humans have is that we create programs software programs that that uh, are developed very early in life before we're four years old and they work uh, as well as they can do if you imagine a four-year-old coding uh, exceptional coder but they're four years old so they create these programs that they're trying to get their needs met that weren't met when they were children and i haven't met anyone whose needs were met like i can talk more about that later but what what happens is we we create these pseudo programs that we think get us love but in fact they're hamster wheels trying to get a status, um, make, make us look valuable. So through caring for others, through supporting, through achieving, through getting gold stars. And the, the, the nature of a hamster wheel is the moment the hamster steps on, it starts to spin the opposite direction to the way it wants to go. So they work. And then when you get to a certain age, you start going, shit, this, I'm not happy or like when I, w- I worked for Chelsea football club, I, I'd sort of arrived at the highest level and I got amazing salary and, you know, huge amount of space in the new training ground. I was like, my, my department was huge. I was in charge of it and I felt completely empty. And so that's when, you know, that was a long time ago, but I started to realize that the emptiness was coming from that hamster wheel that was not getting me all the effort to be acknowledged and recognized and be valuable wasn't getting me love, connection, and belonging. So, yeah, so just uh, bringing back to your question is we have, we all have a mind that's been conditioned through s- generations of ancestors and traumas and experiences, and we've lost a connection as humans. And And, you know, you could say, does that go back to when we, I uh, lost the connection with sound money, but I'd say that the connection as, 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 uh, with the parents and the disconnection of the family units much further back. And that maybe the only people that have a very strong connection is if you go to a tribe in the jungle in South America that doesn't know anyone else, you know, that's, I think that we've, um, yeah, there's a, we have a huge disconnection problem and, uh, yeah, we've created these programs that run this software and it's glitchy, seriously glitchy. And so as my job and as an educator and in my book, I'm there to explain it's not complex. We have hamster wheels. If you look, you can see them. And the, the, the main thing is that they explain everything about your behavior and the way to dissolve them or get rid of them is to observe them. Yeah. I have my, uh, my own experiences with this and starting way earlier than when I started meditating or learned about that. And it goes back to when I was in the Merchant Marine Academy. Uh, I have uh, one insight from that period of my life was like I was always running to the bus. And sometimes I could see the bus driver in the rear view mirror of the bus, just looking at me, seeing me running. And then when I was five meters from the door, he would drive away and just... (laughs) do a little smirky smile and like smug smile and just drive asshole. away from me. <laughs> yeah, he was an asshole. He was a total asshole. Yeah. And I was so pissed and angry and all 
you know, worked up as you get about these things. Until one day I realized, hang on, uh, I'm never going to run to the bus again. So I just, or to any transport again. So I just promised myself, it doesn't matter if I'm in a hurry or not. I'm not going to run to transportation. I'm just going to stop doing that. So I did. And what what happened was that I was on time every morning. Uh, I was way better at making it to the bus because I promised myself not to run. And uh, yeah, or on some days I just skipped school. <laughs> that worked too. <laughs> but I think like knowing your limitations and and controlling them is is absolutely crucial. I mean, if I look back at a at a working day, like uh, I can I can look back at the day and like be angry with myself, but just ah, I've just procrastinated so many hours away, and I got nothing done. But maybe I got something done, <laughs> and when a year has passed. That amounts to quite a lot because you don't really need to work that many hours per day. If, if like by working, you mean just not being productive, it's much better to just be hyper focused when you actually do it and then relax the rest of the day. It'll be, be like a lion, you know, so, so sleeping for 20 hours and then go and chase an antelope. Like <laughs> that's, that's basically the life of a lion. <laughs> so, so I think modern society with, all the technological advancements and, and you know, uh, the internet in particular, putting a lot of pressures on us to just, as you say, to achieve and to make these connections. And to and uh, at the end of the day, it's like Jeff Booth says uh, that we're, all we need is, uh, all we want is love and belonging. And it takes a while to realize this, that that which you can do without your own. Is an, another, another, another example I have is when I got a parking ticket, uh, uh, like at, at one point uh, in my life, I lived in Malmö, and uh, we I got parking tickets uh, because there was one day of the month where they were cleaning the streets, and you couldn't park at the street. I always forgot, so I was pissed at these parking tickets uh, because it's a nuisance, of course, and I have to pay money to pay the damn parking ticket. But I realized that by by being angry at the parking ticket, I doubled the cost for me. Like the cost was already there in losing the money. So why would I let the parking ticket hurt me more than just financially? So so just pay and be happy. It's the same with taxes. I fucking hate them, but yeah, pay and be happy. Why pay and be angry? Like then you pay double. <laughs> is, is this something you can relate to? No, totally. You, you, I mean, the last thing you said is, is self-awareness. You're aware that if you get angry, you're damaging yourself and there's absolute zero gain. But most people don't have the awareness or the awareness to look at their own behavior. The, the running behavior was a behavior and that's, is crucial for people to understand that when it sounds complex, observing your own behavior, it is, it is the heart, it's the highest form of intelligence is to be able to observe your own behavior and not comment on it, just observe it. But to be able to, I watch people and they always rush, and they, but they don't realize they're rushing until you someone points it out to them and maybe even then they, they don't care, they're so caught in their behaviors. But when you start to observe and say, why do I rush? Why am I doing this? You're gonna start and you observe the, all the, you might be, I'm, I'm fearful of being late. Why are you fifth? Why am I fearful about being late? Well, I'm worried how people will perceive me. And then you start following the thread down 
and it starts to dissolve. The program no longer runs. It's just software on the computer. Um, one of a story that, that, that I think is quite cool that happened fairly recently to me is <clears throat> I observed my clients would, I, they'd rise and they'd fall. So I always have pretty much the same every month. Uh, some, it would go high and then low. And so I, I started to observe that and my thinking because I wanted newer clients. I wanted more clients, but new clients for, to, cause I, I enjoy the challenge of finding out new things. And I started to observe why do I want more clients? And when I, when it, when I really got down to it in my watching my thoughts about it, it was, there was a safety thing. There was safety in getting more clients. It would make me feel safer because of the money at the end of the month. So I saw that. And I also saw another behavior. And I, I observed it and I looked at the thoughts coming up and I observed them without commenting. There was no action to do any marketing. I observed it. Then I talked to my assistant about it and I did a session with her on my whiteboard because I wanted her to also be part of this new client thing. She was very scared about reaching out and didn't want to seem selly, you know, like a salesperson. So we worked and she observed her own behavior and it took a day and she was like, oh my God, I feel completely different about this. That month we doubled, I doubled my revenue, doubled. And it was this, without doing anything, without any marketing, I got three or four new clients just by observing. Within a few days, I just got new clients. And that's where, in my opinion, there's no separation from the external reality and our internal environment. So we just project out our conditioning onto our reality and pull experiences in. That's my experience. And I, and I see it and I, I saw it in when I was working in football, the players would get injured when they had turmoil at home or when there was a, there was a stress around their position, they would pull in an experience to, to get injured. And if you, if you observe it and you, you follow, you ask the right questions, you'll see that always there's a stressor. Uh, just quickly, uh, there was a story, there was a footballer at a, uh, there was a footballer who was the top footballer in my, in the football club I was working. He was the number one. They brought in a new number one. They told the footballer, um, the goalkeeper, sorry, that this guy won't change, take your place. He came in and he took his place and that's, the number one became number two, and he was so angry for a long time. He was really resentful. The at one game, the the goalkeeper got injured. Number two came in. It was his chance. He got injured in that game. I, I believe it was that game. Just from a very simple save, it took him out. The number three goalkeeper came in, got injured because wasn't ready. So we pull in injuries or illnesses if. In my, in my opinion, if, if there's a threat to the deep conditioning, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah. This, this ties in so well to the episode we, we did with Jeff a couple of weeks back, because like the, the takeaway from the big takeaway that I got from that was that your reality is, is a reflection of your consciousness back at you. Like, I love that. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Booth is, um, you know, fortunate to know him. Yeah. He, I really do feel fortunate to have met him and know, know him to be able to speak to him now and again. Um, 
I listen to him, Michael Saylor, the most out of, uh, you know, I listen to other, like maybe Krishnamurti and I read and, and watch other documentaries, but most of the time I spend watching my own behavior. But Jeff Booth, he, I, I gave him a call um, to ask him about investment for a place to be my, my wife's project here in Madeira, uh, self-directed learning for, um, for people who like the B symbol. And he, he was talking and then he said, uh, unmet needs. He said something about unmet needs. And my model of, of my work was missing that little thing, the unmet needs. And, and it, when he said it, I went, oh, and I, I went over in my brain um, for, for, for a few days. And I said, oh my God, that's it. It's the unmet needs is why the hamster wheel was created in the first place. So, you know, you, Jeff Booth is an exceptional character. In, and uh, when, when I met he, him here in Madeira with you, Knut, I was sitting near you. I, in fact, we might have been sitting together, but Jeff turned to me. You were turning someone else at that cafe in, uh, near Maya. And Jeff Booth said, yeah, when people realize that the external and the internal, there's no separation, that's when things get interesting. or th That's when things will change. And I was like, oh, shit, this, this guy really gets it. So, yeah, he's the man. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see him again. And so will you if you come yeah. to Madeira between the 1st and the 3rd of March next year for Bitcoin Atlantis. I'll have three weeks there to hang out. Uh, looking forward to that a lot. Yeah. Cool. And there's a lot of other Bitcoiners here now as well. And and the uh, the speaker list just keeps on getting more and more amazing. I, I mean, like... Andre keeps dropping names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going to be uh, special. I, I saw you in Riga, I, I believe. We, yeah, and and I, I thought Riga was wonderful as a social. Uh, you know, just I, I really uh, it's my favorite Bitcoin event. So I haven't been to too many, but this one's going to be special music festival and everything that comes with it. So. And you too. Yeah, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just beautiful that this thing is playing out. And and I see also uh, uh, that more and more uh, shops and, and uh, bars and cafes and stuff in Madeira are starting to accept Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, Knut, we always said that bit by bit it was going to grow from the bottom up here. And I'm not really, to be honest, I'm not trying to orange pill anyone at the moment. Now and again, I did the Thai massage um, chain that they have here, uh, JJ's. Oh, yeah. And so I pay for my deep tissue massage in Bitcoin, in sats. Um, and I tip the the lady in sats. So she's getting a little of, I'm like, don't touch this. And she she understands the importance. Um, but Charlie, uh, You're talking about sats now and not happy endings, I hope. No, no happy endings. It's a professional. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, just to just to keep it straight here. And the, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was having a massage <laughs> the other day, and this India an Indian guy came in, and he, um, I didn't, I couldn't see him, but I heard his accent, and he was like, uh, he was asking for a massage, and then he kept saying, "It is it just a massage?" Is and what he wanted was the woman to say, "Well, we can accommodate any you know that type of conversation." And he kept, and she was saying, yes, it's a massage. It's a massage. And he was, but, um, and I knew he's trying to say, is there any, uh, you know, extras? And 
he he realized and said, I'll cancel. So, uh, no, it's a professional place. Really good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I was just saying, Charlie, there's Charlie here that's doing the orange pilling. And I can see that, that as you know, everything starts off. It's, uh, it's difficult to see a change, but then it compounds and it, he's, people are going to be talking, more people are talking about it. It's going to do the old, um, compounding. And so more and more people are here, know Bitcoin or will be accepting it. Yeah. I went to the barbershop there close to you. Like last time I was in Funchal. Uh, that accepted sats. Unfortunately, like with so many other uh, places that accept sats, like the owner had to come by to be able to do it because it's usually like that. That happens every now and then that the owner is orange pilled, but no one else in the staff. So they have. Yeah, um, Charlie's getting everyone on BT BT pay, uh, BTC pay or Swiss pay. Uh, um, so excellent. Um, it, it's you know the pharmacies here, which are very professional. They take, um, he's, he's orange pilled four or five, um, pharmacies now. And so they have everything set up with, a, you know, with, a with their Swiss pay, I think it is, but so they're, um, it's getting more, Charlie's doing a great job who the, the Portuguese guy who's orange pilling here. So it's a good place. Nice. Good to hear. All right. You might've noticed that we've recently partnered with Amber app. After our episode with Izzy, their CEO and our close friend, we knew we would have to partner with them in some way. If you haven't seen our episode with Izzy, definitely go check it out. You'll see why it's such a great fit. And honestly, they're following the orange glowing light like Izzy always says. And that's exactly what we try to do here at the Freedom Footprint Show. The big news about Amber App is that they're going to be launching their version 2.0. I've seen some of the screenshots and it looks fantastic. They're going to be including a non-custodial on-chain wallet, an anonymous lightning wallet, a fiat wallet, and finally, it's going to be an exchange, of course. It's going to be just this super app. They're also going to be launching globally. Everyone's going to be able to use it. We're really excited about all that. Stay tuned with us and you'll hear all about it. And for now, check out their website, amber.app, and the episode with Izzy to find out more. Next up, Wasabi Wallet, the privacy by default open source, non-custodial Bitcoin wallet with CoinJoin built in. It's the easy to use, comprehensive, affordable way to make your coins private. And the best part is they've been making huge improvements to the app. They're really focusing on the user experience, adding advanced features for power users. They just keep getting better. You send your coins to your Wasabi wallet and they get combined with loads of other coins using the Wabisabi protocol. So they're private on the other end. Your tracks are covered, so you can work on expanding your freedom footprint without worrying about your privacy. So check out wasabiwallet.io and download Wasabi today. Uh, back to the decentralized p- mind. Uh, the uh, how, how how does Bitcoin fix this, or does Bitcoin fix minds? And how, in in your opinion? I know I have an answer to this. I know, but I know you do. <laughs> so. For me, uh, Bitcoin, uh, you're the, you, you're very good at seeing ahead. And we've talked before. Uh, you, what, what I've seen is that I work with Bitcoiners who, who are not so aware of their, their conditioning. So Bitcoin, um, if you're, a f- if you're very, um, focused on freedom, it means that you don't like enslavement or limitation. And so 
when when I work with someone like that, that limitation, fear of limitation or being unable or being helpless drives that momentum towards Bitcoin to finding freedom technology. But that fear of limitation and helplessness will never, I don't, that needs to be observed and addressed. Bitcoin, yes, is, it, it's almost using human, human psychology to, um, to drive its adoption because it's going to bring on all the freedom people. Uh, and then the, the more they try and control, you know, the, the powers that be try and control this disintegrating system, the more, the more that control is put on, the more people don't like being controlled will escape to Bitcoin. So it's just inevitable. It plays out. I'm not so, uh, I just know that Bitcoin will do a lot to change society and bring back connection. If we have, uh, if the incentives are broken and you can no longer buy a house and you have to work harder and harder, the family unit is disintegrating. You can't be with your kids if you have to work. So if that's the case, then that system is driving disconnect. So it's driving the, the trauma and the glitches in the software. So you bring Bitcoin in, it fixes that. So it fixes the disconnection. So I, I do see that I can't imagine it, uh, Knut. Uh, I mean, it's possible, it's totally possible, but you're, you're good at playing it forward. I just see that if people can no longer, if they no longer have to work two jobs and the mother can stay at home, which is absolutely important. And the father's there as well. Again, relationships that comes, that's also uh, software and conditioning. You know, the father leaving is conditioned from his parents. Is If you look at, you know, the, the parents usually divorced and, and is conditioned down into the, the kids. If, if the, the parents can be together, that's going to improve society. It's going to completely transform society and therefore will have an effect on our, our software. But the software, this, you see, this is where I, I'm like thinking if Jeff Booth is what he's saying, and what I believe is if the external reality is the same as the internal, if the external reality has a transformation, they will change, have a transforma transformation on the inside. Yeah, well, well, uh, I'd uh, like to add my perspective to yours, sure. if I may. I'd love like, to. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, I, I think Bitcoin itself is is not the signal; it's just the greatest noise remover ever. Like, it removes all the noise, uh, and that's why it's so good for for humans to free up their time and start seeing things for what they really are, uh, including themselves. Yes. I love that. So, so I think that's 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 the way to see it. It's a noise removal tool, uh, and also like everything that comes with lowering your time preference, which is talked about a lot in the space. You know, because you start prioritizing quality over quantity when you have perfectly scarce money. You you choose to the the chances that you will choose to save rather than spend are quite high because you know they're going up in value over time, and that makes you. Uh, in the end, that makes you crave fewer things, 100%. And, uh, and so you, so you get into this more minimalistic, like that in itself. I think is a, uh, a on the same trajectory as as uh, same psychological trajectory as as trying to uh, learn more about how your own brain works. I totally agree. Uh, the noise reduction thing is when you observe your 
conditioning, you're actually reducing the noise because it's just noise and you get caught in the, the hamster wheel and you use your, you try and control your reality, but based on your conditioning. So you just keep repeating. So anything yeah. that removes, like we, I, I talk about de-engineering. So you have engineering in the world, but inside is de-engineering. And so Bitcoin, as you said, is an, it reduces noise, which, uh, and time preference, slow time preference comes when we know the truth. Like you see the yeah. truth and everything calms down. So I totally agree. Yeah. Nicely put. Uh, how familiar are you with praxeology and Austrian economics? And like, have you read any of those books? Oh, that's a beautiful one. That's the best one. I was just sitting there. It does. Um, uh, I got that off Nico. I haven't, I just read that one and Star, Starship Troopers. And I don't know if you know that one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's great. Love book. it. Uh, the praxeology I need to get into. Yeah, great praxeology books, Star, Starship Troopers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heinlein is Sailor's favorite author, by the way. Ah, I didn't know it. Yeah, he told us uh, uh, um, back in Prague. Uh, anyway, uh, where was I going with this? Yeah, yeah. The 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 basic thesis of Mises is that you uh, uh, the the reason you act is because you feel uneasy in some way, and then you imagine a state in the future where you have done something, and you choose to do that thing to get into that less uneasy state. So, a way to look at this is that all we're doing is replacing replacing our problems with better problems to have. That's that's what we aim for. Like uh, that is true for. I mean, money solves a lot of problems. Of course, it can give us a sense of security and it can give us more stuff. But whatever, whatever it is. But what we're really trying to do is to get into a state of less uneasiness. Well, regardless of what we do, that's that's the that's the goal of every action. So we're trying to replace problems with better problems to have. And some people have only figured out half of that. They haven't figured out like uh, that a state of calmness and a state of you know knowing yourself and and being closer to your close ones is better than just running in the hamsters wheel. They think that they're getting a better prob problem by buying a new car and a new yacht and whatever, but they're really not. And they're trying to get their needs met. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, but all we're doing is, is searching for better problems to have. But the the thing to re remember here is that we can we can never rid ourselves of every problem, except once, and that is when we die. When we're dead, we don't have any problems anymore. So in 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 that sense, death is heaven. <laughs> like because you remove all the problems, all the uneasiness. This may sound morbid, but uh, but really this. If you think about it, the state of no problems to have is, you know, before birth, after death. That's when we have no problems whatsoever. And life is just a series of getting better problems to have. Yeah, life is, we're here to resolve, resolve things. Yeah, untie knots. Yeah, and the mind, the way we see life, it, like with the mind through frames is that... It's in in a in duality. So as as you know, you know you you see something. Oh, it's sunny here, but compared to 
another country, it's dull. Everything's hot, cold. There's always an opposite. That's how we we understand life. If we didn't have opposites, we wouldn't, you know, be able to uh, understand our lives. So, and that the 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 stuff with the hamster wheels that's I find fascinating is those those frames were built very early. And so that causes us to suffer because they're not truthful. They, they're jammed up one side or the other of this sort of the yin yang shape. And so when you observe that it's a child's program and the child was only trying to do the best that it could and you understand that with compassion, which is needed to dissolve the program, then you are perfectly balanced between, um, let's say gain or loss or being able or unable when they're balanced then there's calmness and and so we're here to balance out our wheels i I think we're kind of saying the same thing and but that causes people to kill themselves like most people are suffering terribly from their minds from the from the conditioning that they don't realize is is can be seen and dissolved or you go and see a therapist but I, i i'm kind of um, you you can really only understand yourself when you observe yourself. And Michael Saylor once said in an interview, he was saying first-hand observation. He he's always talking about if you observe something and look at the problem. So first-hand observation is how we look at nature and the world. You have to look at it yourself, not through other people's beliefs. But when it comes to understanding yourself, it has to be done by yourself with first-hand observation. And that will change. That's the only thing that'll change the world. However, we have Bitcoin, as you said, that's going to be a noise reducer because in the moment, most people are so spinning and stressed and, and they can't, they have no time or energy to, and they're too noisy to be able to do this. So it's a perfect, you know, it's, there's something coming that's very, very exciting. But most Absolutely. people in, spirit, in the spiritual realm uh, don't get Bitcoin. So that's why I'm writing my book that is going to be more based in the healing space and that, that you know, health, spirituality, let's say, if you want to use that word, the mind, self-development. I'm writing my book for them and I'm going to drop, um, I say, you know, by the way, Bitcoin's coming and that will help uh, with human transformation. People are going to be like, doesn't it boil the oceans? And it, the, you know, <laughs> it's funny. There's a lot of spiritual people who are like, oh, technology's bad. But yeah, I never got that. I think that's uh, in the thought tradition of Rousseau, maybe uh, that technology is bad. Uh, which is, it's a very like technology is just problem solving. Like it's yeah. uh, it's tools, all tools. All tools have the same purpose. They're there to save us time or save someone time somewhere. That's the purpose of all tools. And as they get better, we save more time. The problem is the money is broken. So the time saving of the tools uh, are funneled into the so-called elite, which is just the best a term for the best thieves uh, or the most efficient thieves at the expense of everyone else. But we could have that time-saving distributed, and that would not lead to less spirituality. The opposite is true. It would free up time for everyone and uh, 
just make everything more awesomer. And awesome. I totally agree. What the what I've noticed here, and I don't mean this in a judge. I, I don't want to be negative. I love Michael Saylor. How constructive he is. I, I like listening, and Jeff Booth as well. They don't spend their time, um, you know, with like negating stuff. Um, I just see when when we have Bitcoin meetups, the most spiritual guys, the guys who look spiritual, are usually into. Uh, Ethereum, and because spirituality is not really well, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think there's a there's a real a pattern there, and what what it comes down to is the idealism of um, you know the Ethereum and the Web three is that we can change the world, and it, it is very up like in the heavens. It's very uh, this spiritual vibe with but without feet firmly on the floor, and what what I see is that Bitcoin is sort of got the feet firmly in the floor in maths and, and engineering, but it's going to transform that, you know, the, the earth and the heaven. It connects the two because it's going to transform humanity quicker than any spiritual, you know, going to, um, what's that thing, a burning man and, you know, all the tech bros dancing and w wearing wolf t-shirts. Uh, there's this Bitcoin thing that it looks so unspiritual, if that's a word. It looks so, I don't know, it burns, but, but it counterintuitively, it's like a Trojan horse. Yeah, in many senses of the word. I th This is one of my more controversial ideas, but I view Bitcoin as financial atheism. And by that, I don't mean like bashing people who are religious or, or spiritual, but in the sense that it's the only monetary system that does not really require belief in an authority right? On a, or any higher power, because you can verify every, every single step of it. So I'm, I, I see it I as, I see fiat as the cult, uh, because the, uh, the number written on a dollar bill or a euro bill, you have to take that at, you, you need belief to to um, to think that that has value uh you're only you, you need belief in the central banking system and the banking system and whatnot and the government in order for that to to function so that, that is the cult and we're the ones leaving the cult like and uh, to me that is even more th that is real spirituality because spirituality is 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 nothing without a, a firm grounding in Hundred percent, something real, right? Even even if consciousness is uh, reality is consciousness reflected back at you, it needs to be real. Otherwise, I mean, keep it real, as the hip hoppers say. When 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 I uh, w my red flag clients, the ones that I'm wary of, I call them red flags with my assistant, are when they're very spiritual. They're the ones that are the trickiest because they're so caught up in beliefs and ideologies. That when you like, I had this woman who's super spiritual, like an influencer on Instagram. She booked a session with me, and all my work is facts. So they have to, if it, it, there's no beliefs, no one needs to believe what I say. I get it. it's either changes or it doesn't. And the whiteboards, when I'm working on the whiteboard, I say anything on here that's not fact that you don't 100% see in inside. We don't put it on the board. And this girl, she was like, yeah, my partner, he's just left me, but 
uh, I was told that he was my incarnation because uh, I have an old soul and he's my, and it was all of this, this belief. Nonsense Not, is it was the word nonsense, you're looking but for. But it was suffering. And then I said, what if he doesn't, what if he doesn't like you? Or I think I said, what if you're, because what I'm trying to do is elicit an emotion. That's my hook. And I said something like, what if um, he just finds you boring? And the reason why I said boring is ah. because this all this stuff that she was giving me was making her special. And that's a hamster wheel. Like people want to feel special and they don't want to be ignored and a nobody or average. Average for some is is kryptonite. So I said, what if he just doesn't find you boring? And she would the the conversation went deadly quiet and I said, look, we have to be truthful here. Like, would that bother you if he thought you were average? And she said, well, he wouldn't do, like, she got very defensive. So the, her, the defenses came up. So your, what you were saying is absolutely true. I only, I don't, there's no beliefs in my work. There's no, and that's why I don't like the term spiritual because I, I don't really, I don't know really what it means. It, it, it means understanding self where there's truth. You, you got to be truthful on the inside. And so uh, hamster wheels for me, uh, and I've been looking at it and, and validating that concept and it works because every client I've worked with said, oh my God, that's my life. And that explains why I behave and that is why I have this thing. So there's no belief. And I, so yeah, I, I love that um, financial atheism. You don't need beliefs. You need facts you need to know your shit like uh, that 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 story reminds me so much about uh my brother is uh, works as uh, as a uh, the head chef of a restaurant up uh, close to where we grew up uh and uh that he 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 uh, uh i mean we talk to one another every day and uh he always has stories about uh, the the uh, the people who eat at the restaurant and especially stories about people who are picky with things. So some are, you know, intolerant to gluten, intolerant to lactose. Some are vegans, some are lacto-vegans, some are vegetarian. And one even complained about the water being too cold and stuff like that. It's hilarious. The, the hilarious stories, all of it. And w- what he has observed is that most of that, if not all of it, is a craving for attention. That's all it is. People want to be special. And this is this is another interesting fact about that. It's always women. Mm-hmm. 100% of them is women who who uh, and I think this is very close to the hamster's wheel thing that you're talking about. This is a way to feel special so that you get a special treatment. You what you crave the special treatment because that that makes you feel appreciated. And I think it's it's the exact same thing as your Deepak Chopra woman there. Uh, with the dream catchers and whatnot, that's exactly what they're doing. They want to feel special, and you can you can can say that with an ever increasing velocity of this, uh, what am I going to call it? Like fucked upness of the the economy, this, clown world, clown world. Yeah, this spinning wi- wider. You're you're seeing things getting worse uh, as symptoms of a deeper um, lack of innate, unable. So 
uh, autoimmune disorders where the system attacks itself, that you're unable to function correctly, is a symptom of uh, internally humans are getting more and more scared and more feel more and more helpless and unable. Men, testosterone levels are plummeting. Why? Well, you could say, well, maybe it's yeah. estrogens in the water and everything. Possibly, and, and remember, everything is a reflection of, of the internal. So if men no longer, and it's been programmed in for 50 years, whatever, where like that toxic masculinity and men need to be more feminine and the, and the women are, are, have become more sort of controlling, let's say more masculine, then men feel less and less potent, less and less able. Their, <clears throat> the hamster wheel is conditioned in from childhood. More and more um, children with single parent family, like my family. So the child's brought up with, with the feminine as the masculine, the, the, fem the mother in charge. And so the program creates the environment of the body. So there's plummeting testosterone levels. If you're in TRT stocks, uh, you know, you, you're doing well. So uh, again, you, you coming back to, uh, I, I thought you were going to say like Bitcoin will also have an effect. I don't want to get into, you know, there are these people saying, oh, Bitcoin's going to do this and that. But if you really think about it, if it calms down the threat level, that's going on in the world, there, it will reflect back in the body. So the, the body will calm down, the hormonal systems will calm down, but everyone's on red alert internally. Inflammation, everyone's talking about inflammation. What's that? It's just everyone's running on their hamster wheels and they're exhausted and, and um, then they're not in the yin, which is the non-doing. So the Bitcoin is yin. Well, it does everything with, by doing nothing. So it's it's going to enable us to it'll calm everything down, all the noise, as you said. Um, super interesting. Yeah, it's like an anchor, uh, something to anchor, anchor something into. I, I don't know what that something is exactly, but it's 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 sort of an anchor. It's something that doesn't change over time, and that's uh, that is you know the promise it's it makes is to be. Uh, to be that way forever, and uh, that is that is a tricky thing, and we need to fight for that. To to like it's it's what I think Reagan has said that every generation needs to fight for freedom over and over again. Like it's it's not freedom isn't free. Uh, what the South Park creators said, uh, they you you have to you have to fight for it every generation. I I don't think there's ever going to be a an end to that. It's like because it's it's. The, the the flip side of freedom is always responsibility. You have you can't have one without the other, and you have to start with yourself. And you have to see that in order to be truly free, it it starts from within, not from the outside. Right, and that's why any time that any time that a human tries to shape someone, like puts their hand in the hamster wheel, let's say. For instance, I saw on the news this morning something going on in Ireland where uh, an immigrant murdered uh, a girl. I'm not quite, uh, I just picked it up as being that was a thing. And then. Yeah, and there were riots and stuff. Right. Yeah. Her yeah. boyfriend, in his witness statement, uh, as, as, a, as a victim witness statement, he wrote something saying, like, our communities have, like, 
you're you're sending all these people in and and it's breaking down communities we don't feel safe any longer so this guy is freedom of speech and the bbc and the newspapers uh cut it out and so what they were doing was they were trying to shape society to be safer what did they do well everyone's like hey and they everyone's now looking at exactly what they didn't it's always the same and so they create more energy in the thing that they didn't want to have energy it's so the hamster wheels in play you try the more you try and control the more you will get uncontrolled the more they try and fight bitcoin the more it will give bitcoin life totalitarianism isn't sustainable like i mean the the more you try to control people the, the more it disintegrates the, the closer you get to a civil war the show is also sponsored by orange mill app the bitcoin only social network where you can stack friends who stack sats you can connect with your favorite bitcoiners on the app make local connections and even connect with bitcoiners around the world you can see what's going on in your local area and connect with bitcoiners around you i've been to multiple events organized on orange mill app and they brought bitcoiners together from all over And now with group chat, it's easier than ever to stay in touch with all of your Bitcoin friends. The best part is that you know it's high signal. There's no spam on Orange Pill app because everyone pays to be there. So download Orange Pill app on Apple or Android, send me or Canoe to DM, and start building your local network of Bitcoiners today. Next up, the Bitcoin way. Their mission is to onboard, educate, and remove barriers to taking self-custody of your Bitcoin. They cover everything from cold wallets to nodes, no KYC Bitcoin purchases, inheritance planning, payments, and more. Whether you're new to Bitcoin or you're an experienced Bitcoiner looking to expand your freedom footprint, or you know someone who this sounds perfect for, the Bitcoin way has something for you. They have a skilled team, well-versed in the Bitcoin space, and their goal is to make all the complexities of Bitcoin as straightforward as possible for everyone. And the best part is you can get started with a free 30-minute call with their team. Go to thebitcoinway.com slash contact for more info. Our newest sponsor is Geyser. They are the portal to the creator economy on Bitcoin. On Geyser, creators can monetize their work through their communities in a social and engaging way, and supporters can send sats to their favorite projects. Geyser has also recently integrated with Zaps and Podcasting 2.0, so every Zap sent to a Geyser address shows up on the Geyser page. We have a Geyser fund ourselves. It's the best way to support our show directly with Bitcoin. So whether you're a creator or a supporter, check out Geyser at geyser.fund today. And, and so coming back to the, the, the point of like the, our external reality is it's a projection of our internal, like a matrix. We can't, that's a, I, I see that. I kind of know that, but that's my, I can't get anyone else to believe that. But if that's the case, then the only way, and this is my experience, the only way I can change what I don't like in the world is to work on how I feel about that. So if I look at the Israeli conflict, I'm get super angry. The more I fight and go into the hamster wheel and shout it in, it's disgusting, and I am reinforcing that system. But I take responsibility for the the greed or the the violence i see is within me too and then i observe it because i'm getting angry and violent and i want to you know whenever i um you know that's why projection such a uh, a visible thing especially on twitter you you as jeff says you either energize the new system decentralized minds which is um 
observing that centralized mind spinning. You can only change system from, you can't change system from within the system, as Jeff says. So he's there energizing what he wants to see. And that's something I spend, uh, it's not easy, but I'm trying to, when I say stay constructive is I take responsibility every day for everything that I see outside of me is within me. So when I point a finger, there's always three bags. But you're not alone in this battle, Rob. Like me and Luke, we have tactics calls like almost every day about about the show and like what to do with it and like how to how to reach more people and how to how to do this and how to do that. But every now and then we need to remind ourselves that we're not, we're not really doing this for, for the the main reason we're doing this is because we want to talk to people. We want to we want to listen to what they have to say and we we want to learn something from it. We want to uh, it's it's not about uh, yeah, reach or money or anything people. like that. I mean, yeah, we're we're still playing that game. We can't not play that game because we're in it. But but we can be aware of it. But we don't necessarily have to, uh, you know, play it the way other p- people play it. Because first and foremost, this is about the conversations we have, uh, and we need to keep that. That's the orange glowing light. Like that's uh, that's what we need to. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and brush your teeth, people. But um, Canute, that brings up, that's a real subtle thing you just said. It's beautiful. In If you're, when, when you think I need to reach more people, yeah, I understand it's a business and you want the podcast to be, but then if you look, if you're watching your behavior and then you see, I want this to be more, and you just observe that, you'll see more to it and then that will dissolve and then your reality changes. Yep. So it, it, as I as I wrote on Twitter, marketing is an internal game. That was <laughs> that was when I was trying to be like you, Knut. I was trying to write. I was like, ah, oh, shit, that sounds. Really- <laughs> I, I learned. Um, you know, I did a. Uh, I was going to say something stupid. I was on Jeff Booth posted a photo of um, a loaf of bread. He, he's been cooking. I don't know. I saw that on Nostra. And so I thought, oh, I'm going to be clever here and write a joke. And I wrote a, I wrote a pun, um, your light, your loaf will continue to rise. And I just sat down. I went, <laughs> oh, fuck, that's perfection. And then someone wrote underneath, oh, my God, the best comment ever written on Nostra. And I'm like waiting there for the validation. And <laughs> it's gone. It's like lost in the... Um, Easter. So, you know, uh, that's my, you know, I was trying to get, um, trying to be funny, trying to get validation and stuff. So <laughs> funny. I, I thought it was a good joke. It, it was like, I, I would have, uh, I would have put, probably made the meatloaf joke somehow, but, uh, not fully. Well, I, I didn't know about the, your star will continue to rise and, and I shouldn't bring it up cause it's a bit, um, critical. And Nico showed me the, he said, you don't know about the Star Wars content. Oh, the and then the guy who <laughs> wrote the song. Uh, but that's also, um, that's human creativity, isn't it? It's so, so good. This craving for, uh, you know, uh, acknowledgement or whatever you, you call it, the, you, you know, you want the engagement, you want people to notice you on the internet, like 
it's not all negative, is it? Like there's there's a positive force there too. I mean, at at the end of the day, it's about love and belonging and blah blah blah. But also like being witty is it's just a brain exercise. That's all it is. Like uh, putting words together in a funny way. And if people appreciate that, why, why you should be proud that they appreciate sure. that. And, like, and that's a, you're, it's a very good point. There's a positive and negative. The negative is if you need to be witty. So Yeah, we, if you do it for the wrong reasons, basically. But there, there's the thing. It's subtle. It's um, wittiness. We, we all learn to be funny, to, to be to kind of sit in and, and different ways. You know, they will say about the comedians, they used it because like Joe Rogan was probably very, he was quite short. So he was the funny guy. Like the funny guy at school is usually, you know, he was funny because that's the way he fitted in. And, and I used humor as well to make people like me. Um, humor is yeah, yeah. the greatest thing on the planet. Like, Making people laugh and laughing and enjoying yourself is why we're here. All the it's just enjoying humans, and I love funny people, and I love witty and telling stories, and um, you know, you you two are funny and and tell funny stories and stuff. So I love that. It's and so there's nothing wrong with that. It's if we are concerned we're doing it because we want to fit in when when so you won't lose your wittiness but you need to see the reason why you're doing it so uh, i work with like elite fighters i say i work with elite fighter one of the things that they'll say usually the side you won't take away my my liking of fighting because a lot of fighters were have a hamster wheel to achieve and they use fighting and there's a lot of trauma in their childhood and they, you know, they get into fighting and violence. And so what I've found is in all walks, when you dissolve the compulsive hamster wheel underneath, the skill set's still there. They just enjoy it. They're not, it's not a compulsion. Does that make sense? You yeah, know? absolutely. I think with, with humor in particular, with comedy and, and humor in particular, you can't really do it without being true to yourself. Like it's it's not funny if you're not truthful. That that's why uh, left hearts can't meme and everything. Like it's 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 not funny because of the because it's not truthful to to themselves. Like uh, um, maybe I shouldn't say left hearts, but you know, with but love. here we go. We say I with said love. It. Yeah, left hearts. Well, left hearts. There the 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 left isn't right, and there's no right left. So uh, yeah, uh, by left hearts I mean. Oh, well, everyone who isn't a Bitcoiner at this point, I guess. The funny, the Dave Chappelle, the, the, it seems yeah, like... Uh, I watched him today. Oh, and I love, I love him. And you'll see the best, I, I hadn't really seen it like that, but the, the best comedians, well, they tell the truth. The jokes are the, the most truthful, but the most like, you know, when they say something that no one wants to say, but it has to be truthful. And everyone has to see this truthful, otherwise no one laughs. So, and self-deprecation is a nice way as well. Other English people, I think they self-deprecate. I don't know about the Finns and the Swedes. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that there too. Make jokes about yourself. The thing is, like, now nowadays Swedish comedy is just tragic. 
Because all I see when I see Swedish comedians is people who are stuck in the mindset of a Swede. Like they're so, they're so formed by the system they grew up in. And they're formed, and there's this uh, layer of political correctness on top of that. So, so they're trying to do a balancing act. Uh, and it's, it's just very telling. It's, it's just depressing because most of it, most of them, those who call themselves comedians, they're on uh, in public service media. So they're paid by the state. So they can't really make fun of the state. So they make fun of people who make fun of the state. And it doesn't work. And there's control there. There's control in the humor, which kills that um, oxygen. Yeah, it kills the spark. It's just, and uh, to me, it's just dead at this point. And it's even like mockery. Because they're forcing people to pay for the public service media and they're forcing people to pay for everything and they're making fun of Swedish society, but not in the way that I would appreciate, like just pointing out how bullshit it is, but, but in, in ways which are still like boxed in and it's, uh, it's like the blindfolds are still on and it's not funny at all. The self-deprecation, I mean, there, there's a lot of that in, in more if you go back uh, a couple of decades when uh, Swedish comedians were funny, or maybe uh, it was just uh, I was younger. But uh, the Brits have always had that, and I, uh, yeah, I, I love John Cleese, for instance. Like uh, always done, I think he's a, a as a philosopher as well, a very, very clever man. And uh, Ricky Gervais would be a modern example of uh, really good at that and really good at. I think there's uh, speaking of him. I think there's a financial aspect to this because when. When comedy is your livelihood, uh, you can't really afford to to make to, to be you know shadow banned or mm. ousted unless you've you're you've got so much money that you don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. So so Ricky Gervais doesn't have to give a shit. He can he can tell it like it is because of the financial security. The same with Cleese, like who's in in trouble every day now. It seems in, in well, he's, for saying, he's far right saying the wrong things. It, he's far right, like yeah, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> you saw um, Elon, I mean, on this, um, whatever you think about Elon and what, what his motive, but he's, um, go fuck yourself. I thought that was... Uh, oh, it's so funny. It was so good. And so the the audience going, <laughs> it's like, oh, it was fresh air. It was a breath of fresh air. Yeah. To, you're going to yeah. blackmail me with money. And then he said, people saying and trying to shape, people shaping doing evil, doing force for good, the yeah. Disney, we're going to do good. And then they use blackmail and it's, which is evil. And the way they're doing it is they're making it look yeah. like it's good. Um, the, there was a debate. It's a great debate. Hitchens, um, Christopher Hitchens, uh, I, I believe the, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the not the brother who's still alive, Hitchens and a fantastic debate, uh, in, incredible. One of my um, favorites. Uh, yeah, I, I, lo love I listen him. to him quite often. And he did a debate where one side was the church is a force for good, and his was it's a force oh, for yeah, evil. Yeah. Right, you've seen that one. And he yeah, those his, with Stephen Fry, right? That's right. Yeah, um, incredible debate. And what, what struck me again is this idea that whenever you try and use your mind or your beliefs to construct good, you create the opposite in this reality. And so he was saying how, like, the church yeah. is a force for evil. And he won the debate. I mean, it was 
it was a very strong position. And so I, I didn't really care yeah, yeah. for the religious or, you know, but his, dis, his mind was absolutely like a laser beam. And then it, it was like, oh, again, people using their beliefs to try and shape, they always create the opposite hamster wheel. Yeah. If you want a good dose, if you want a good dose of Hitchens, people, you should go listen to his uh, rants about Henry Kissinger, who recently passed away. Very, uh, well, entertaining is the wrong word, but insightful. So, so yeah, and I think there's so much truth to that, Rob, like that the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. And that's everything. If you try to control other people's behavior, you're inherently evil. Like, that's that's not a good act. Uh, regardless of the intentions of it, the individual freedom, everything has to start and end there because it's the only way to be fair. Like who, who gets to decide what a good society looks like? I mean, it's individual, it's subjective. Yeah. Everything that, is. That's why Sylvia set up um, and, and plugging her project. When we look at our school, oh, yeah. system, how's that going? Is the, so a place to be um, is it'll be a place for children. It's just a space for children to direct their own learning. So there's no coercion. They can come or not. There will be lots of different learning environments and different people like uh, Pablo will be doing, there'll be a coding tent, hopefully bringing over a robotics guy even at some point, um, you know, learning how to start fires and not, not uh, good fires, not bad fires like, uh, uh, you know, and, and so it's just going to be a place where kids are allowed to thrive. And the fascinating thing for me, having two kids that are raised this way is the less input you put into them, the more they expand and flourish. The more I try and say, Hey, you should do it like that. They, they definitely resist any and they shut down and then you're limiting their creative possibility. And it's so counterintuitive as always. And all my family are teachers, by the way. So, you know, my dad comes over, love him to bits with his wife and this, they bought them a science kit and they're playing with it. And he comes in and says, no, 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 you have, look, if you take it like this and my wife's like, don't, please don't tell them what to do. They will. And if they ask for help, then you give it, but you see what they do and they, maybe they do the wrong thing with it, but they're learning how to do it. If you tell them what to do, you're taking away an opportunity for them to learn. It's just, it blows my mind. And my, I'm set up in the conditioned hamster wheel of you need teachers to teach you and you, you have to, um, memorize and all of that. And it's now I see it as a, it's not a scam. I don't want to be negative. It's just the way it was before. It served a purpose, but now um, kids are not able to problem solve. So the 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 key, the core values of the place to be are um, self directed and uh, children that their, their self their right to self determination, and those core values are like imprinted in the soil. And then you can do different things on top and they could, they, you know, we put Bitcoin miners in the domes there, let's say to heat them and we can do, but the fundamentals are, you don't, 
You know, if the kid's punching another kid, you separate them and explain. If the kid continues to be violent, like, you know, there has to be rules and responsibility. It's not chaos, but children are treated seriously. So that, that kind of ties in with the, um, you know, where does the shaping start of society? Well, it's in, it starts real early in school and it, and it's just getting worse at the moment. Yeah. The only real school subject is obedience. That's, that's what they're rewarded for. And the, some of my clients who are very successful businessmen now, one of them went to prison for a very long time because he started up for school and they told him what to do. He goes, fuck you. I'm not, you don't tell me what to do. So he became a problem kid because he didn't like being told what to do, forced. And then he got kicked out of school and he goes, fuck you to society. And they kept on trying to control him until he went, okay, I'm going to do really big crime. Yeah. Which is, you know, he, he realizes it was a mistake and he went to prison for a very long time. And now we were talking about it. He goes, I just didn't like being told what to do. And I didn't like, I w I'm not that type of person, you know? So it makes me wonder how many kids, there are certain kids that get crushed. I would say I was one of them. I just melted into and just went along with it going, what the fuck's going on and enjoy playing sport. But there are kids who just go, no, and they resist and they, they get, you know, they either s somehow find a path into uh, self-determination or they get into the wrong side of the society and they're branded as bad, you know? I know. I was one of them. <laughs> and I would say a bit of both is true in my, in my case. Yeah. Uh, Luke, do you have anything on your mind? Like any questions for Rob that you've been thinking about here throughout the conversations? Well, I've, I've really enjoyed the walkthrough of your take on, on all of this, uh, this, well, your, the background of your, your, your book, everything you're working on there, this hamster wheel concept. Maybe I'd actually just ask you to, because we, we sort of flowed into this. Can, can you give a, like a really brief couple of minutes of, of what is the core lesson that your, your book and, and everything you're working on is, is trying to tell people? Just, a, just as some, a summation is, is what, I, what, I'm, what I'm getting. What, what I see is that we create our reality. There's no separation from the external world in front of you to the internal. The internal is, a, is a, a software, like the mind, let's say. It's all of human conditioning. But we, are, we have these cogs, these hamster wheels, that because of our particular, my particular childhood or yours or other people's, set up the hamster wheels in a certain order or and jam them over to one side that creates your behavior in this reality. So that might be you are world champion fighter and you render everyone helpless and unable. And so you're so incredibly able and that's how you get love, but you are completely unable in other areas. The wheels always have to be balanced. That's just the nature. It always balances out. So if you think you can control and always be able because you're using your mind, the centralized mind, you're going to get the opposite. So what I see is we have this baseline uh, operating system, base layer that creates our reality. Up from that, the emotions filter into our body and get 
stuffed into our body, shut down, suppression. And those weaken or block the natural electrical energy flows in our body, which the Chinese understood as meridians thousands of years ago, which um, the, the top researcher in mitochondrial research, an American, Douglas Wallace, I listened to his um, lecture a few months ago on mitochondrial system and, and disease. And at the end, he said 85, and some people um, disagree with him and think it's higher, 85% of all diseases are caused by dysfunction in the mitochondrial system, not the gen gene system, in not genetics, but in the mitochondrial system. And then his last side was, oh, and by the way, I'm setting up a clinic in China because I think mitochondrial system are the meridian systems. And I was like, oh, this is what I've always thought. So the science is starting to go, oh shit, these are electrical systems. Isn't that what the Chinese have been talking about for a couple of thousands of years? So if you come back to that base layer, it filters up. So that's the soil and it filters up into the body. The emotions from those create disease via the mitochondrial system dysfunction, or you can call it meridians. And that's traditional Chinese medicine, although they're more based on functioning on the, not so much the mental side, they'll, they will pass that over to Taoist principles, which is non-doing observation. So it filters up, it creates disease. So my point being disease and mental health problems and terrible life, you know, suffering in life. So my, my book and my work is here to show how to work on the physical by uh, connecting to your own operating system of ones and zeros. It's electrical one and zero electrical system, switching them back on. So that's my work that I've spent 20 years working and I work with people with cancer or you know all types of illnesses. It comes back to that. But I'm always trying to go to the base layer and look at what is what are the programs and the software that are projecting your life out there. And so to, to summarize, that is all within your control. And I say control, I mean, uh, you, you're not a slave to the pharmaceutical industry, the medical industry, that's all broken incentives. You can go within, you can understand your conditioning and dissolve it and change yourself, which will change your body. If you have problems in your body, you need to go into the non-physical, uh, into the mind and find out why you do. So that position is uh, the complete opposite to the medical profession that says, um, you know, sometimes you need to surgery, but um, diseases starts in, in the non-physical for me. All right. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a uh, fascinating stuff, and I assume we can we can see read more about this in your current book and the one you have upcoming, right? Yeah. So the the book that Canute uh, has got that's a kind of a, an explanation teaser on how we move from a centralized mind that hamster wheel that we've been talking about into observing that observing the centralized mind, which is decentralized mind. So anyone you, Luke, or anyone, if they wanted to, they immediately start doing that. And you're, you're starting to change yourself. It's there for everyone. It's their own. It's like their own property that that's your own property and you're in charge. Okay. So there's your own authority. And the book that I'm writing, 
I'll I'll make that into a second edition. I'm going to expand that book. The the other book is more for a healing book for the more spiritual or health and fitness um, market. And so I'll it's really my work where I am, but I'll be bringing probably a mention of Bitcoin into it. Uh, or whenever I do a podcast, I'll I bring up Bitcoin because I think. Uh, one helps the other. They're synergistic, or maybe Knut. It's something even more um, special. I don't know. It's like an anchor. Yeah, the mind decentralized be becoming masterless is available from BitcoinBook.shop, which is where you also find all my books. And Rob, thank you very much for coming on to sh to the show with us. Looking forward to to co writing Liver Decentralized with you in Madeira in March. And uh, uh, <laughs> see you there. And uh, yeah, have a great rest of your life, as we say on this show, because yeah. we think rest of the day is too short. Definitely. <laughs> so till we meet again. Thanks, Knut. Thanks, Luke. Rob, can uh, Knut uh, jump the gun just slightly? Anywhere else you'd like to to redirect our listeners to 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 check out your stuff or find out more about you? Yeah, I have a website, robrinder.com. Um, I'm on Twitter quite a lot and. Instagram, YouTube, again, under robrinded.com. Uh, Very good. We'll include all that information. Yep. And now I will say, Rob, have a great rest of your life. And this has been the Freedom Footprint <laughs> Show. Thanks for listening.